some of this, Michael. Be one of us. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. No way in the hallway. Everybody, I am your host Phil, and joining me as always is Doug. Do I really have to do another audio test, <laughs> Galliardo? How you doing, buddy? That's how we both feel. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get all yeah. our anger and frustrations out on uh, Halloween Ends and David Gordon Green. Not necessarily the movie, the team behind it. So fuck technology and fuck David Gordon Green is how I'm starting off the day. Well, hey, if you're listening to us, you are using technology, and we thank you for tuning in to our silly little podcast where we talk about horror movies, and uh, this one is the biggest movie right now. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody has opinions, and so do we. Yeah, well, we have a whole lot of opinions, like usual. I feel like people are used to our... I don't. I don't necessarily think of being opinionated as a bad thing. Do you? Because like, you have to have opinions if you like something or don't like something. Some opinions may yeah. be more passionate than others. It's all about how you, yeah. how you express it. Yeah, and um, you know that's what podcasting is. You can't just say, "Hey, I saw that movie." All right, thanks for tuning <laughs> in. <laughs> I mean, hey, I liked it. All right, good night, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, so we have opinions, and doesn't mean they're right. This is just how we feel. So this movie is um really split down the middle. Well, I don't know. I would say like I see seventy percent hate, thirty percent people that love it. I see. I see a lot of a lot of people actually into it. A lot of people think it's, and they're allowed to think whatever they want. Uh, they think it's different. They think it's a, a new take on the Halloween franchise. They like the direction it went in. Uh, they thought it was an enjoyable movie. And again, I'm gonna, I say this every episode, I feel like. Don't dismiss someone's opinion just because it's not yours. There's so much stuff going yeah. on, especially with this movie, that like, I liked it, fuck the haters. It's like, no, they're not. Like, yeah, you could hate a movie, but like, don't fuck them. Like... Yeah, we we didn't um, particularly like the movie, but we're not saying fuck people who enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad people can actually enjoy garbage because this was a even pile of trash. <laughs> well, I do have to say, okay, upon first watch, I texted you like this is shockingly bad. Yeah, I'm gonna frame um, that text. And I was, I was actually shocked. I was, I don't know. I was sitting in the theater and I was like, I, this is, am I seeing what I'm actually seeing? <laughs> um, upon rewatch, 
I guess I, I went into it knowing what it was. So I, I was like, okay, well, let me see what I think about it now. The majority of the problems I have with it are still there. But I I didn't hate it as much the second time around. I mean, that's not a, a praising review, but... Um, yeah, this, this yeah, might be one of those movies that you need to watch a couple times if you have the... Even if you want to... Like, I wouldn't necessarily choose this movie to put on, you know, like how we watch, you know, any other of the original Halloween movies. Like, I could literally watch, you throw on any Halloween movie right now, I'll watch it from the original timeline. I wouldn't pick this one to watch. I didn't necessarily enjoy it. Some of the ideas, though, like after watching it the first time out of the theater, I kind of didn't know how to feel. I'm like, I know I don't like this movie. But I don't hate it. I didn't hate it. And it's not, I mean, it's it's not good in my eyes. But there was something there. There was something there that could have been done to salvage what David Gordon Green and that writing team has done. Because to me, this whole trilogy was just like a, just a, a mess. Like there's no direction. They didn't really lean into a new direction. Well, 2018, in my opinion, I enjoyed that movie. It had its problems, way too much humor, um, amongst other things. But there were some, there were moments in that movie that made me go, holy shit, they get it. They understand the essence of Michael Myers. Like, in particular, the house to house scene where he's like, picks up the hammer kills the lady, walks past the baby and sneaks into the other house, kills that lady. Like that is a 10 out of 10 moment in the Halloween franchise. Um, So moments like that gave me hope. Like, holy shit, they get it. Okay, there were some rough parts. Then came Halloween Kills. And it's Doug's favorite movie. So um, it was Halloween 2018. 2018 was better than kills. You got to admit that, right? I'll I'll say it's the better out of the three tri- out of the three in the trilogy. It's it's the best one. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, the best one by far. Um, with kills, God, one thing that's so frustrating about all of these movies, there's stuff in there like certain there's like dialogue where it's like this is so obviously bad. Have you met one person that was like, "Hey, I, you know, Halloween Kills, the Evil Dies Tonight stuff. I really like that." No, I haven't. I haven't heard anyone say that they love that part of the movie. But and that's not a single person. And, and the dialogue, like, really, again, was the dial. It and it, this is and it kind of it's kind of like a weird thing with horror movies because like there's a lot of stuff out there that's like not the best, like not the best dialogue. Like they're not meant to be Oscar worthy. But, like, all the other original uh, Halloween movies, the characters weren't, like, dumb. They were more believable. Like, I, don't, I just don't think that writing team knows how to write. Like, the, the forced humor is what gets me. Like, you said, like, the, the humor wasn't landing. The forced humor, like, Danny McBride's humor doesn't work to me in that, in, like, a horror movie. Because it just seems yeah. like forced. Like, okay, we get it. You like improving, and everyone, everyone has a joke now. Everyone's witty. It's like, no, there needs to be some dif- 
differentials yeah. between the and characters. And I love... Yeah, and I love the the crew that's behind these movies at Rough House Pictures, like David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, Jody Hill. I love Vice Principals. I think I've watched that like three times. You're saying that because you're North Carolina born, baby. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I love uh, Righteous Gemstones. I think that's their best work. So I was really rooting for this team. But I agree with you. I don't think their style lends itself well to this franchise. And dude, don't get me um, wrong. I'm with you. I love Eastbound and Down. I think Danny McBride, even Tropic Thunder, Pineapple Express. He's like, he's a, he's a, acting wise, he's a comedic genius. Just doesn't translate yeah. for this. And like, I think we talked about this before. Like, comedians, I, I think very like good comedians and comic actors, they could like channel that inner, those, like the inner darkness and like, because you know, a lot of comedians are troubled and they have like, they've struggled uh, in their early life to get them to this point to be like that funny and that talented. Um, But two, two examples, exhibit A, exhibit B, Danny McBride, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele came, came from a comedic background. The man gets it. He gets it. He's like making serious, like, mind-blowing horror movies and he's like not even just paying homage or just doing like little nods and easter eggs here and there he's making his own original screenplays from his own ideas and he's taking it not forced seriously like it's it's meant to be it's it's legit like when i think of horror movies i think of i do think of get out i do think of nope i do think of us Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, it's like, cool, it's a passion project. They love Halloween. I don't doubt that, that they love it. It's just, it's just they're making it goofy. Yeah, well, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm pretty sure when they made 2018, that was a standalone movie, but that one did so well. I think that's when they were approached with the idea of like, hey, let's make this a trilogy. And it's obvious that they they had enough idea and passion to make one really good movie, 2018, which I enjoyed, and so did a lot of people. But yeah, with Halloween Kills and this, you could tell they were just like, what the fuck do we do here? I mean, like one of the biggest problems with this movie is nothing from 2018 or even really Halloween Kills pays off in this movie. None of the movies feel connected at all. There should be like an overarching theme. But with this, they were just like, I don't fucking know. Like, yeah, it's got Jamie Lee Curtis in it, but that's about it. And and you said themes. There were different themes for each movie. And like you said, nothing connected. Like in the first one, Michael Myers is an unstoppable, unstoppable, unstoppable killing machine. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stutter 80, 80 billion times. going to be talking so fast. Um, and then the second one, again, unstoppable killing machine that we know. And the third one, Laurie Strode goes, you're just a man. It's like, what? What though? Like, yeah. how do they, first of all, they take away Laurie Strode's whole angle, whole arc. Because in the second one, they're like, it's not about you. It's about the house. Like, okay, so you didn't really need to bring Laurie Strode back in that case if it's just about the house. There's right. so many oh, things. Oh, speaking of, what happened to the Myers house? 
from Halloween Kills. Like, shouldn't there have... I just realized this. Shouldn't there have been... I don't know. The house played such an integral part of this, quote, story in Halloween Kills. Shouldn't there have been some mention of it? Like, what happened to it? No, and that's the thing. Did it get demolished? Nothing was explained. Like, things just unfolded and happened. And you're like, wait a sec. And then it's on to another thing. And you're like, wait, let's go back to that and, like, see. Because, like, there was so many things. And, like, I don't. Like we say, we, we want to go into every movie and like it, but there's just so many things things wrong with this movie that you're like, you could have just took a little more time to maybe flesh it out and plan it, you know? Because they did like, again, they did the flashbacks and Halloween Kills, and they inserted stuff that wasn't necessary. So if they could do that, then they could they could explain the stuff that's going on. Like, why why was Mikey laid up in the goddamn sewer? Why was he living in the sewer? Why was he a weak, yeah. dusty old man? Um, Corey's 21. He snatched his mask so fast that you were like, you know, that's just some bum you know, in a jumpsuit. He went to Party City and jumped a homeless man. <laughs> Party City. Hey, you know what, Doug? So we are going to get to that moment and many others <laughs> because I had the bright idea of like, hey, I'm going to rewatch this movie we're going to pretty much break it down almost scene by scene just to really gather our thoughts and figure out why we just, this movie just doesn't work for us. Yeah. It's, and it's not like I hate it. Like I don't hate it. I just hate that. It could have been better. Yeah. Very poor execution. Um, well, Doug, you ready to just jump on into it? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my swimming goggles on. We're going to dive in. <laughs> so the the first 10 minutes of this movie are kind of like a standalone thing. I mean, Corey shows up to this house. It's a year after the events from the previous movies. And he's babysitting, which I thought that was pretty cool. Like, okay, this is a Halloween movie. There's usually babysitting involved. So off to a good start, and uh, you think that Michael's going to be in the house, but he ends up getting locked in the locked in the closet by this kid, and he's really scared of the closet for some reason. Starts freaking out, kicks open the door, and kind of comically hits him in the face, and the kid falls over the railing. I mean, not a bad intro. I was like, okay, well, this was shot well, acted well. What the fuck does this have to do with the previous two movies? Exactly what I thought. And I was trying to go through, like, the Rolodex in my head of, like, is this a new character? Is this someone I'm supposed to know? Like, are these people that we've seen in Kills or the or Halloween 2018? I was like, it, it, was, cool. it was cool. I did, I did enjoy the intro. Again, like you said, I was like, what does this have to do with... Anything. What does this have to do with Halloween at all? If this was the first episode of like some new Netflix show that you've heard is pretty good and you tuned in, you'd be like, okay, I'll I'll see where this goes. It's not bad, but in the context of uh the third film in this trilogy, it's like, okay, we weird start, but let's roll with it. Let's see where this and goes. And that would have been an interesting movie 
from like that start, I, I, I'll argue that if you took the Corey storyline and what happened to him didn't happen, it could have been a compelling story because he sure. was wrongfully, you know, accused of killing this kid. Interesting. Maybe he wasn't like that. And there's that argument whether you're born with that side of your, you know, with that malicious intent or you kind of grow into it because it's like, you know, you're the toxicity is just like growing inside of you due to like people isolating you. And that would have been yeah, cool. Nature, but like, again, nature versus nature. Exactly. Yeah. Halloween movie? Not so much. Yeah. Anyway. Well, we get the uh, the title card, and ooh, all is forgiven because oh my god, it's a callback to Halloween. And all 3. is forgiven to who? I, I Not don't the know. audience, <laughs> dude. That that's one of those things that kind of drives me nuts these days. Are these little winks at the audience, like hey, Halloween three, right? Yeah, like like we like it's, we've it's done like, we've done our homework. We've watched the Halloween movies, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Just stop and make your own good movie. Like, I don't... We've all seen these movies a million times. There's no need to be like, hey, remember this from uh, Halloween 2? It's like, yeah, I got yeah, it. And, and maybe they're not catering to the heart. Like, it's a little nod for the hardcore fans, but it's a major franchise, so they have to make it accessible for the mainstream audiences. So they're like, hardcore fans, we see ya. And then, like, that, like that's it. Yeah, Same thing so, with, like, the season of the witch masks, which, like, all right, like, you threw it in there, even though you said, again, to ignore all the other Halloween movies, but season of the witch, here you go. Here's the makeup for our shitty dialogue. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we meet Corey Cunningham. And uh, get used to it, because this is all about him for some for reason. For 55 yeah. minutes. <laughs> And I guess I should just say this up front. It's not this guy's fault. You know, he didn't write this movie. He did his job well. I mean, he's a decent actor. I got, I was extremely tired of seeing his face. I remember like 30 minutes into it thinking, who are you? Fuck off. Like, <laughs> what is this? I don't, I don't care. I mean, maybe if they had planted a seed in 2018, like he was a character... And they had developed this idea over time. Like maybe in Halloween Kills, something happens that plants this seed mm. that he's eventually... But you can't just pick up on the third movie and be like, okay, we're following this guy now. Hope you're cool with it. Michael Myers, who's that? Tough shit. Exactly. He wasn't even in 2018 or or Halloween Kills. Like, it's just like a brand new face that we're supposed to connect with immediately. And I guess that's what the intro is for. Like, you kind of feel for the kid. But, like, again, who cares? Like, yeah. maybe, maybe if this movie wasn't billed as, like, the final showdown between Laurie and Michael, then maybe, because I feel like people went in expecting... And, I, and I'll give it this. We talked about it. Halloween Kills had... At the end, I think it had a little momentum. You know, we yeah. knew it, they were like gunning for it. And then there's like a time jump. And you're like, what? Like, this is just a weird, there's weird choices all around. Like, it's just a strange, the whole yeah, the strange. The ending of Halloween Kills, you know, of course, um, Karen gets killed. Laurie drops the phone, 
slow-mo walks out of the hospital like i'm coming for that ass get ready it's about to be on <laughs> like cut the credits and there was no do you think that there should have been like the intro of this movie should have somehow picked up from that moment at least so there's some sort of closure yeah some resolution would have been cool because otherwise like, we're just expected to believe that Lori just gave up and then now she's fucking showing grief for tits and smashing pumpkins on the floor and writing a novel. <laughs> and there's nothing, there was no, like there was nothing implied. Like it was just all like right there. And that's the good thing about the older Halloween movies. Like a lot of things were left to mystery or like, it's just like said in passing and it's not so like upfront. Like, did we need Lori writing her goddamn like Ernest Hemingway novel? I, I don't think so. It added nothing to the story. No. Pun intended. Cause she I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Doug. But uh, hey, we meet Allison again. Bum. Remember her? Bum. Fucking bum. <laughs> Dude, uh, nothing, nothing yeah. against like Andy the actors or anything, but like she is a bum. I was not a fan of her character in this movie. I thought she was great in Halloween Kills. Ugh. I liked I liked how she stepped up and kind of became a little badass and she was fighting against Michael. I thought she held her on as an actor and as a character. It feels like I'm watching like a fucking like a local town's like play of Fiddler on the Roof or something. <laughs> This did have like high school play type yeah, zero right? range of emotion, just kind of unsure of like, like the choices. Like, like I can picture Corey and Michael on the motorcycle, <laughs> but people are making the background move. <laughs> yeah. and they have a fan yeah. blowing on them, like giving the illusion that they're moving. <laughs> it's made out of cardboard. <laughs> Not actually on a bike. All right, so Allison gets pulled over by her ex, this forty-five-year-old cop. Uh, yeah, that's like, hey, I'm pulling you over for being the prettiest girl in Hadfield. <laughs> what are you, I'm Jersey? Like, and I'm like, always, always <laughs> in Jersey. Anytime there's an accent, <laughs> hey, who's this fucking guy pulling me over? Hey, you fucking cannoli, your light, your lights are out. Go get that shit fixed. And uh, that's another person that makes you go, okay, hi, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, what is? The whole, the whole town showed up to kick Michael's ass in the last movie, and he wasn't there. Yeah. Um, shouldn't there have been some mention of Cameron? Like, I mean, this was her boyfriend. Who's Cameron? And, uh, from 2018 and Halloween Kills. Remember the guy from the... They were dating... They went to the school dance in 2018. Oh, oh yeah, the stoner kid. Yeah, that kid. He he gets his fucking head twisted off by Michael oh, yeah, in Halloween yeah. Kills. Yeah. Well, I guess five years will make you forget. Yeah, I guess that they're not your favorite movies. So. Yeah, I don't. You said Cameron, and I said who? Okay, well, there should have been some. I don't know, just a quick scene of her. Maybe looking at his picture and shedding a little tear, but it's like, oh, well, he's dead. Fuck him. Whatever. Or, not, or even just like, you know, a picture of him like in the room or something like that. That's called psst, good writing, which this is not. 
Yeah, or maybe like you know how in Happy Gilmore he has a the picture of his grandma hanging. <laughs> yeah, on his, exactly. On his rearview mirror, maybe just one of those just dangling there. Like, oh yeah, Cameron. I want to stab you all over. <laughs> oh no, I'm I'm sorry, baby. Please, please come back to life. That's what I was saying to Michael in this movie the whole time. Like, I'm sorry, baby. please come back. I didn't mean it. Just come please back. stop working with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and come up out of that sewer cap. <laughs> so teenage Corey goes in turtles. Sorry. <laughs> so Corey goes into the convenience store to get some some chocolate milk, and he runs into the uh, high school marching band of bullies, which is apparently like, like hey, the Savage Streets like rebellious gang of this movie, which is highly unbelievable. Yeah, he's like, hey, you drinking a little milk? Yeah, I, I like milk too. It's like what? I okay. slaps the shit out of his hand. Like what? Listen, we're, I don't think we're, we're in our early thirties. I don't think marching bands have changed that much radically over the years. Typically they're not the ones starting fights. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. But the, this gang of bullies, they were just like, so cliche bullies. You know, like very yeah. insert high school bully here. And they're like the Gen Z bullies. So the kid had like a Skrillex mullet and like a fucking <laughs> denim vest with like a Post Malone patch on it. It was just all it was just all weird. Like, go back in your car and get your fucking trumpet. Like, go go and learn some scales. <laughs> so, yeah, Corey cuts his hand on the glass. And uh, also, Corey did he annoy up. you when he fucking. When he fell back and he put his hand on the glass and he was like, oh, oh, oh. I was like, all right, overacting, let's go. What the fuck? <laughs> well, 30 minutes from now, this guy is going to be manhandling Michael Myers. So, <laughs> Very true. Yeah. With a bandaged up bloody hand. Yeah, so this is where Allison and Corey meet. And boy... It is love Sparks at first sight, fly. Yeah. Yeah, they have their little flirty moment while uh, he's getting his hand stitched up. Um, Not a whole lot here. I guess there was supposed to be chemistry. I wasn't picking up on any. They just gave each other a couple glances and they were like, oh, yep, they love each other. They're obsessed with each other. Mm-hmm. That makes total makes total sense. So yeah, now comes, okay, so up to this point, I was like, okay, this is weird, this is different, but I'm still, I'm still with it. I knew we, we were in trouble when, uh, the line came where she's like, you need to, when Jamie Lee Curtis is like, you need to find somebody that'll make you pull your shirt off and show your tits to grief and say, let's go. Like, what the fuck is that? That's called Danny McBride. So when I saw this in theaters, that's when I pulled my phone out of my pocket. I hadn't texted you yet, but I, I was like, ooh. I, I was <laughs> I was about to send a distress signal like this. SOS, so bad, please. <laughs> yeah. So I was so like, when you texted me, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's still in the movie theater. Like, it's only been like an hour. Yeah, it wasn't at this point. I would say it was well. Well, we'll get to it. We'll we'll get there. We got a lot to go through. And I was like you during this point. 
it was it's been like 45 minutes at at the point that we're at and i'm like what's uh not oh, yet about about 20, 20 minutes, minutes. it about felt like 20. three minutes well the intro was like a good 10 minutes okay so. well up to up to that point i was like what's happening like what does this have to do with anything it feels like we're just yeah. watching like you know like a half hour episode it's like halloween the sitcom or something yeah, or like Young and the Restless. Yeah. This is like what your grandma would watch at 11 in the morning when you're staying at her, at her house because you're sick that day. <laughs> she's just watching her stories, eating a ham sandwich. Watching her novellas. <laughs> she's, she's making a quilt or something. <laughs> okay, so I do like this moment. Lori's in the grocery store, and we meet Will Patton again, Sheriff Hawkins. And who, I still I think, don't know who he is. I was like, who was he in that last movie? I don't know. I mean, he, dude, he was the sheriff. He was in the same hospital room as Laurie Strayer. And then when I watched it again, my friend Steve told me, he was like, yeah, he was in the, he was in the hospital. And I was like, oh, that's the, yeah, all right, that's the guy. Yeah, completely, it was, he, he was so irrelevant that I forgot I he was in it. He's actually one of my favorite characters in this trilogy. Uh, Will Patton is just great in everything. This movie definitely needed more of them. But speaking of things that don't that didn't pay off from Halloween Kills, um, they had like a little love interest in Halloween Kills. So I thought that okay, this movie's gonna start and maybe they're married at this point. But he's just kind of there, shows up at the grocery store. But it is a nice little exchange. We do see this is one of the first times you see Laurie Strode since. I guess the first Halloween just be like kind of a insecure, flirty, happy person again. She's like twirling her hair a little bit. I'm like, okay, well, this is a cute little moment. It didn't amount to shit, <laughs> but it was a cute moment. I just have, and, I, and I, I'm with you, it could have been a cute moment in my eyes, but I, I just have no... I just think they destroyed Laurie Strode's character. And I love Jamie Lee Curtis, but I just felt nothing because I, there's no chemistry there. Like they didn't, like you said, if they'd given them enough time, you know, like the last movie or like even the movie previously, if they set it up, that would have been, yeah, that would have been something. I was just like, I don't feel anything. Maybe I'm a robot, but I don't think so. Cause I'm emotional as fuck. But in that <laughs> moment I was like, I just don't, I don't feel anything. I don't care well, about... How do I not care about Laurie Strode? Well, I think this was one of the most um, grounded human exchanges in the movie. Yeah. Because the rest just feels yeah, like... Yeah, I agree with that. Let's, let's burn it down. Oh, I, I, I like, like the match. match. Like, who talks like that? Nobody. And then the Edge theme song starts playing and the Enigma comes out <laughs> of the crowd. By God, <laughs> he's gonna burn it down. <laughs> Oh, the, the brood is coming out. It's like, oh my God, what the fuck? So while I enjoyed that moment, it was quickly ruined by when Lori was walking out to the parking lot and she gets accosted by this lady who's like, what you, what are you smiling for? Like, you know, this was your neighbor and he, the lady that gets stabbed in the throat with the fluorescent light bulb, she's out there in a wheelchair and she's like, you provoked that man. Which I don't understand because now the whole town thinks that Laurie, how did she provoke him? Which also Michael didn't make was, any sense. 
<clears throat> Michael was locked up. It's not like they were writing letters back and forth, and she was like, yo, what's up, you little bitch? Like, come get me. Like, that was so provoking. Michael opened up a letter, and some anthrax popped out, and he was like, I gotta get this. I gotta get revenge. Yeah, she sends, like, a letter full of glitter. He's like, god damn it, I got glitter glitter all over me. Why is she provoking me? So, I didn't get this angle either. Because bad writing. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Oh, I fucking know, Doug. But hey, whatever. Let's let's keep the shit train rolling. Um, so now is the party scene with Allison and Corey. You get a cameo from Nick. Hey, that uh, the best part of the movie. You think so? The best part of the movie. Well, well, and he says, "See anything you like?" Because you know, hey, that's what she said in Halloween. Um, I was like, fine, whatever. Good for Nick Castle getting a little screen time. With his actual face. Yeah. Uh, Nothing too eventful happens here. It's just Allison and Corey falling in love and dancing on the on the dance floor. Kind of looked like Corey he was convulsing uh, a little bit when he was on the floor. Yeah, what the fuck was up with I thought that? he got poisoned. I'm like, oh shit, did someone poison his drink? And he was just dancing. I was like, I was like is he having a seizure? <laughs> yeah. I literally thought he was having a seizure and they're about to be like, call 911. I thought the same exact thing. He looked like he was about to die. Was that his first beer? or Might have been his first dance. Because <laughs> he definitely so, yeah, does he, no uh, he runs into the lady that... Um, the mom of the know, kid that he accidentally uh, murdered. There we go. My brain sucks. <laughs> the mom of the kid you, that baby. he murdered. Yeah. <laughs> And he runs out and he's like, why did you bring me here, Allison? She's like, I just, you know, I just, I just like you. I want to fix you. "Uh, You can't fix me. Oh God. What's he say later? Or maybe it's right now where he's like, you think you have enough bandages to fix me? Yeah. Some shit like that. And you're like, you've only known each other for for 18 hours. You can't possibly get that just from like, like she's obviously interested somehow doesn't mean she wants to just immediately fix you like y'all first of all she doesn't even act like she's traumatized at all she forgets that like michael myers and her had like a whole thing he just immediately forgot that uh just bad just bad chemistry between the both of them so now we are on the bridge and uh the bullies come back wouldn't you know those damn marching band kids (laughs) and uh they 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 crush Corey's glasses and they there's a little a little tussle ensues and Corey gets thrown off the bridge. No broken bones, nothing. Kind of indestructible, kind of like Michael Myers. I guess so. And watch out, world. He's wearing his contacts from now on. <laughs> he's he's evil now. No more glasses. Well, that's because he had the evil spirit injected into his eyeball. So obviously that means he has 20-20 vision. Which is about to happen because he crawls into the tunnel. And uh, did he crawl yeah, 40... into the tunnel or did he get dragged there? Because Oh, wait, you're right. He got dragged into the tunnel. My and then bad. Michael just left him. Right? Or who dragged he, him? It had he, to have been... Michael. So either that or the homeless guy, uh, another totally needed character that we'll talk to talk about in a bit. But uh, yeah, 40 minutes into the movie, this is the first time we see Michael. 
and boy, it is uneventful. So <laughs> he grabs he grabs Corey by the throat, and this is just incredibly fucking cringy to me. Like the Michael's looking into his eyes, and he's like, "I guess he's thinking, oh, you're just like me." <laughs> like, what the fuck was that? He had like a father and son bonding moment, and and that's the point where I was like. Okay, now what the fuck are we seriously doing here? Where is this going? Because out of all the movies, everything that we've seen, Michael Myers is a straight up, he will show you no mercy, no matter who you are. And then he just lets him go. Which is the strangest move that Michael Myers has ever done. That that was right. It just... It just does not work for me at all. And hey, call me crazy, but I like to see Michael Myers in my Halloween movies. Yes, I like to see Michael Myers stalking and killing people. Fucking sue me, okay? No, I don't want to see Michael grabbing somebody by the throat and like having sympathy and letting him go for whatever reason. Because that, that so, makes him... The more we, the more, the more we talk about this movie, I'm just getting tired. <laughs> eat, you, eat a Reese's or something. I ran out. I need to get more. <clears throat> oh my I god! Ate the last two last night. I have these uh, peanut butter pretzels though, which my neighbors uh, gifted me because um, I'm watching their cat. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, is his name? Is his name Jeffrey? Jeffrey Dahmer. Hey Doug. Hey Doug. You want to watch? <laughs> You want to watch my cat for me? Hey, you know, I'm going to the store and grab a couple beers. Do you want to maybe party hardy? I could take some pictures of you. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the smell. I left out some cat food and uh, I'll, I'll make sure to clean that up. And I went to King Cullen and I grabbed some, I accidentally grabbed some expired meat. <laughs> like, All right, so... <laughs> All right, so we got to talk about the homeless guy because Corey wakes up the next day, I think, walks out of the tunnel, and he runs into this homeless dude that's like, he goes, why did he let you live? And he goes, I'm Michael Myers. And he pulls out a knife. So, is this guy just crazy? Or did he also run into Michael and uh, get the evil passed on to him? Well, yeah, that must have, I mean, so that implies that there's more people, or there was other people down there in the cave sewer thing, um, and other people, well, obviously he killed other people. Was it just like a homeless camp? Like, there's shoot, like, <laughs> yeah. shooting heroin and cooking beans together? Yeah, like, uh, like, and they live or whatever, there's that little community. But like, Yeah, is it kind of like that? But what I don't understand is... Why they chose that, like, that makes Michael, like, again, not as, like, you're thinking, like, oh, he's human, but he's more than human. Like, it was always this argument of, like, well, is he supernatural or no? And that's the whole thing about Dr. Loomis was, like, describing in these other movies. And now he has emotions? Like, he has sympathy? Like you said? Like, all this, like, what is, the first two movies he was killing people left and right. Yeah, he was superhuman. He was shot, stabbed multiple times. Walked through a goddamn burning a, build, uh, burning house. An unstoppable killing machine. But now, all of a sudden, he's back to human. Uh, and I've heard some people justify, well, he was injured. 
and he was living in a sewer for four years. Okay, but in 2018, he was just in the mental asylum, and he wasn't killing then, but now he has to kill to get his to get his mojo oh, when back. He, when he was hulking up, when he when he was killing the uh, the oh, I know we're gonna get just, there. When he was stabbing yeah. and he was like Hulk, like Hulk Hogan, brother, like, oh yeah, I feel it, I feel it in my veins. I was like, they're, they're, they're what? Is, this is stupid. This is stupid. Yeah. All right, we'll get, we'll get there. Let's power <laughs> through this. Okay, so we got more Laurie in the novel bullshit. Let it inside. Wait, no. Let him inside. <laughs> Wait, no. Let evil inside. So what's it going to be? Suicide or cherry blossoms? Oh my god, just hack. Like, hack. That is, that's hashtag deep. Hashtag bro. deep. Shout out to Bo Burnham. Okay, and here is when I I believe I sent the SOS, Doug, we are in trouble text. <laughs> when Laurie looks out the window and oh. she sees Corey, Corey standing there much like Michael. So she goes downstairs and this is one of the weirdest, most clunky jump scares I've ever seen. So Laurie's standing there, Corey's gone, and then he just literally appears directly behind. It was a magic like, trick. Not- it was straight up Houdini shit. And there was like a little sound effect. It was just like, boo. Like, I don't know what fucking noise it was. It was just so awkward. I was like, was that supposed to make me jump? That's just weird. Yeah. It, it doesn't work at all. No, they were like 20 feet away from each other. He would need to like be at the bush, like, have Lori yeah. not see him, which I don't know. Did he go around the around the back or something? Did he like hop a fence? There's no real continuity to that uh, like at all. And then like why yeah. was he standing near the bush not looking at anything? Why was he standing near the bush? Like, I get, like, oh, yeah, Michael Myers did that in the first movie, but, like, he was watching someone. Corey wasn't watching anything. Yeah, why does he hate Laurie all of a sudden? Why is he, like, sort of stalking her? Because up to this point, she's been very nice to him. She took him to the hospital. She, you know what? She kind of fucked him up by stabbing, by... She pulls out the switchblade and she's like, so are you going to do it or am I going to do it? Yeah. She's, she sets off a series of events that leads to him getting his ass kicked, thus meeting Michael Myers all to begin with because she was like, hey, let's stab their tires. Because if he had just walked away and not done that, I'm sure. But he was never he enamored with like, or it seemed like he was never enamored with like murdering or killing. Like even, I'm going to skip a little bit for a second when they were talking to the the father of the kid that he murdered, they were like, he was like, I saw him down the road and I stopped and I didn't see, I just drove because I didn't see anything behind those eyes. But like, he wasn't wearing his like glasses. Before that, he was just like working and shit, minding his own business or whatever. Now he meets like, yeah, like you said, Laurie Strode and all of a sudden he's a fucking killing machine. Yeah, so he walks away, and Laurie's like, oh no, he's he's got the evil now. <laughs> he's got it. Wait, what's, he's got he's got the juice now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tupac uh, is I'll Michael Myers. Fuck it's it's <laughs> you got the juice now, Grandma. I'll go fuck yourself. 
Don't, 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 yeah, be, a don't be a menace while drinking your juice in South Central in the hood or something like that. Classic. While drink while drinking your chocolate milk in Haddonfield. <laughs> don't be Michael um, while drinking your chocolate milk in Haddonfield. <laughs> <laughs> so Corey meets up with Allison again, and he says, I killed someone. No questions asked. Allison just grabs his hand. She's like, oh, okay. You're a bad boy. You naughty, Ooh. sexy boy. Like, no. All right. You're not going <laughs> to elaborate on this at all, I guess. All right. That's real, real like, smart of you. Uh, like, who'd you kill? Why'd you kill somebody? I should probably not date this person. None of that. And up to this point in the trilogy, use that term loosely, Allison has always been a fairly level-headed person. Doesn't make... She's not a dumb character. You so sure? like, why is she... <laughs> she's fucking stupid <laughs> alright well she, she, I can't argue with her at she this literally ha- had dementia in every movie she she whines and yells at Lori for wanting to you know protect her and protect herself even though she knows what she's been through every time and you're like when are you going to understand there's a issue here she has years and years and years of deep rooted trauma and so should she now and she's just going off with this kid who just murdered somebody. Literally makes no sense. I'm sorry. I'm You said smart. And that just triggered no, me. Y- no, I meant like up to like in Halloween 2018 and kills. She didn't make yeah, a dumb decision like this. I guess not. But she was also I I'm just not a fan of I have no connection. I know you're not. Her. I'm talking. I'm talking to the <laughs> wrong person here. It's OK. <laughs> Like, there was really so no, the, like, even, like, in Halloween Kills, or Halloween 2018, like, it's like one second she's a scared girl, and another second later she's picking up a bat. It's like, where was the growth? Show us. All right, so <laughs> they go, so Corey, no, you're fine. We just we just got a lot to go through. So Corey takes Allison to the house he was babysitting, and, I don't know, some melodramatic garbage dialogue said. And the there's cobwebs that they picked up from Party City everywhere. <laughs> and this was kind of an odd moment. So they're at the diner, Corey and Allison. And now they're like, they're locked in. They are, man, they are just two lovers torn apart. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet against the world. And Allison says, I can't leave. I have all my memories here. Of everybody you've ever known getting <laughs> slaughtered? Like, oh, yeah, I can't leave because I love the memory of my boyfriend's head getting fucking twisted backwards. <laughs> that was a great memory. And, yeah, the, and my mom died that night, too. But, yeah, Haddonfield, nice place to live. And then she complains about Lori wanting to keep her there. and then, But she's also like an adult. She can go whenever the hell she wants. It's yeah, like everything's so... conflicting. Yeah, there's just so much conflicting dialogue and the motivations of the characters is always changing and it just doesn't line up. But this is where he's like, let's burn it all to the ground and I'll light the match. Like, what the No fuck? reason for that line to be said because what is, what is she burning down? What is he burning down? What are they planning yeah, to that? do? It means nothing. It has no substance. What, what does that nothing. mean? It came out of nowhere. 
Burn what? What yeah. are they? They weren't talking about like everyone in town rallies around Michael Myers like some sort of pariah deity. God, we need to do something about this. Burn it down. No, they were just like, I can't leave. I killed someone. Let's burn it down. I like the match. Like for for what? For nothing. <laughs> It, it makes no sense. They just thought they walked past a hot topic and saw it on a shirt and Danny McBride <laughs> like, this would be edgy. Yo, who do you think is the first t-shirt company that's going to put out a shirt <laughs> that says that? Uh, uh, no, one that won't be getting my money. Yeah, I'll tell no, you no that. comment. Um, all right. So the cop follows Corey back to the homeless camp. Right. Now, this is where I really fucking checked out. As if you didn't already. So we, well, I was I was struggling, dude. I was like, come on, just you can still turn this shit around. But when Corey Okay, so Michael Myers barely able to like stand and hunched over is like, I'm too weak. <laughs> and Corey presents this guy to him and he slashes his throat. Then he stabs him a few times and he comes in his overalls. <laughs> and you, you could act, dude, you could actually hear him. He was like, oh, oh. Uh, you like, saw his oh, knees start buckling in the dirt. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't like roll over and light a cigarette. Like, oh, God, that was good. Even though, also, wait, hold on. So you bring up a good point. What the homeless guy said to Corey was, how come he let you go? Which means Michael was killing people before. Uh-huh. Why is he a dusty ass man right now and can't kill? How long has it been since he killed someone? How did he hop out? I want to know how he wasn't seen, you know, in, in four years time. And who is he killing? There's no missing people reports. There's no missing people post-its on like telephone poles. There's nothing. No, again, nothing makes sense. Again, just, and by the way, the FBI would have swept every square inch of tunnel system, every hidden spot in Haddonfield you can think of. Had somebody went on a murderous rampage and gotten away, they would have like bloodhounds going through everything. And But whatever, that's getting a little nitpicky. We've got enough to cover here. So this is the halfway mark in the movie, by the way. So I was like, okay. This is like a halftime speech. Like, all right, guys, we're we're, we're getting back creamed to the out locker there. Room. <laughs> yeah, back to the <laughs> locker room. Where's Al Pacino? We needed to like deliver an epic <laughs> halftime speech. Like, all right, David Gordon Green. So far, we got shit, <laughs> but you could still turn it around. Hire hire three more writers to get in here. Let's see what they can do. Hua, hua. All right, so Corey goes back to Allison's, and they have sex. And, uh, yeah, Corey sees the, the pumpkin mask or Hold scarecrow on, let's mask. not breeze past the fact that Corey came home after he murdered the homeless guy and was staring into the, into the mirror, seeing how much he's changed and looking in his oh, eyes, and yeah. he's all bloody, and something is different about him. Yeah. In a real subtle type of way. Subtle meaning I, not so subtle. I forgot all about that, but thank <laughs> you for pointing that out. So, yeah, this is when Lori says, she starts talking about, like, I saw Michael's eyes in Corey. It's like, 
where are you getting this? What? Like, I don't know, man. It's, this is just bad. And I'm sorry, people, that, uh, well, I can't apologize for my opinions, but I know a lot of people love this movie, but damn, you cannot ignore some of the just, like, the mind-blowing bullshit bad that, dialogue. Because, yeah, some, again, it's, I, it's so the bad. idea, like, I get the idea. I see where it could have went. I see the direction they were going in, which they ultimately, in my eyes, failed in. But just the writing was just so weak. And it had no substance. And they were just saying things that, like, didn't matter. Like, the whole, like, the idea yeah. of it, of Corey being, like, you know, this new threat. And to carry, to carry the torch, so to say. Yeah. That could have been, I, I'm kind of with that. To carry on, you know, to, again, we're going to get more Halloween movies. It's going to happen. But, like, to see someone as the new Michael, let's say, as the new yeah. shape, to see how it came about, I get how that could be interesting. But just the way it was done. But they totally ruined that because Corey is dead at the end of this movie. Bye. See you later. So... While, yeah, that could have been an interesting take, they totally shot themselves in the foot. They were like, okay, well, Corey's officially dead. Michael's dead. So, like, what, what was the fucking point of exactly. all this? Exactly. To tell, to tell this love story between Allison and this dipshit it, I don't It care amounted about? Like, to what? nothing. Because, like, at the end of the day, Laurie and Michael fought anyway, and it had nothing to do with Corey. It had nothing to do... With her dumbass niece, it had nothing to do with anything else. <laughs> that whole chunk of time could have been spent elsewhere because it didn't. Yeah. It had no substance. It was a complete diversion. Yeah. That didn't have to happen. That could have been a separate movie. That could have been a whole separate thing. And then fucking Corey tag teaming with Michael Myers. So we are at that moment right now. So let's Perfect. talk about it. Why? So we have the we have the doctor and his nurse, uh, little sex scene, Mister Not William Shatner. <laughs> I was like, is that fucking William Shatner? <laughs> you don't have the same haircut. Yeah. Um. Okay, this is where I was like, dude, no. Seeing, okay, so Corey kills the doctor outside. Michael comes from behind the curtain, kills the woman. And I'm just thinking, okay, so Michael hops on the back of his motorcycle, wraps his hands around Corey's waist, and he's like, let's, he's like, let's burn it down. And Michael's like, I'll light the match. <laughs> in in public, no less, if that's how he got around. So imagine you're just like at the gas station pumping <laughs> your gas, and you see Corey ride by on your motorcycle. With fucking lunky ass Michael Myers hugging his waist, and you're like, wait a second, it's not Halloween yet. Why is that dude wearing a Michael? Oh, shit, let me call the yeah. police. Yeah, you're just at a red light and you look over. <laughs> It'll be like that um, that scene in Dude Where's My Car with Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott. They look over at Fabio with the, with the model, and then they start making out to like one up them. No? You ever God, it's it's been a long time. They're playing the Good Charlotte song. Uh... All right, it's a, <laughs> all right. It's a good song. All right, all right, all right, all right. 
So do you think like before they hatched this plan, they were like at the back of the house and, and Corey's like, okay, so I'm going to go around the front <laughs> and uh, you you sneak in through the back and you wait for me to kill him. All right, ready on three. One, two, three, kill. He's like, Let's go. Three, kill. And he's writing the directions yeah. with a stick in the dirt. Like, all right, you yeah. go 36 <laughs> degrees that way. I'll go northwest around the side hatch to the house. It's like, it's just so dumb. Like, I'm surprised they didn't have like walkie talkies. Like, hey, you're in the house. <laughs> Over. <laughs> uh, what's the What's the line in Saving Silverman? Oh wow. Oh, I think I see her That's in the back great... of the frit, in the back of the closet. <laughs> you don't have to say "kush" sound. Everybody does that. That's a great movie. It's, it's such an underrated comedy. Um, Jack Black and and uh, Steve Zahn are amazing. Yeah, so now we got Allison and Corey. They're sitting on top of the radio tower. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Roof. Let's also not yeah, breeze past that? the fact that David Gordon Green literally just stole the Bob kill for this movie. Oh, you got to throw it back to the but other movies, no, man. Because, no, it's been because that, done. Stop yeah, stealing from the franchise that you're rebooting. You've done it before. It's been done. It's for the... It's for the no, fans. No, it's not. Dog. They they love they love make that your stuff, own man. iconic kills. And he even does the no, head tilt. Because... No, why would he do that? It makes it literally. I'm I'm not mad. I'm just passionate. <laughs> why the fuck the would they eight... do that? They're so unoriginal. Unoriginal David Gordon Green. Yeah, you know I'm totally joking right now. I fully agree. No, with I know. You, I, but... I know you're joking. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like I don't fucking. You think I think you're serious? Jesus Christ. It, as, as soon as he stabbed her, I was like, here comes yep, the I was like, yeah, there it is. I was in the theater like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do no, it. Ah, you did it. it. You, well, you son of a rat bastard. And I was Ugh, in the movie so theater in the handicap section because I like to not sit with people. Uh, and the handicap seats are always open. There's no one around you. So I usually, I tend to go to the back. And there was someone else to the right of me. I think she worked there. And she like just went up. Because she had like an AMC shirt on. She probably heard me say, are we kidding? At least 25 <laughs> times. <laughs> Especially during that scene. Because it's just like, you're stealing. You're stealing. It's not even like paying. It's not even giving credit or do, giving a nod. It's been done. Yeah. You're stealing it. Yeah. You're preaching to the choir, buddy. So... Corey and Allison run into the radio DJ and he reiterates the point. She teased a man with brain damage and made him snap. Like why? All right. Even though she did it. But who, who had brain damage? The guy said that he said that Michael Myers had brain damage and Lori was teasing him and made him snap. That's a lie. Yeah, I know it's fucking dumb, but what are you going (laughs) to do? We're fully invested in this movie at this point. So. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about, like, Corey's home dynamic. This is, like, where his mom slaps and him. And kisses him. And the dad's like. And then Chef Boyardee is like, I hope you find love. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also his boss, by the way. His dad is his boss, right? Am I crazy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're and right. Just, uh, yeah, the mom was very, very overbearing. Oddly when she was like yelling at him to stop texting at the dinner table and like 
good boys don't yeah. text at the dinner table. You're not getting pie or whatever the fuck she said. It's like he's he's 21. What are you? Were they pulling from like? I mean, this is obviously a gender reversal of like Carrie or something. And I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, this movie was heavily influenced by Christine because his last name is Cunningham, like Arnie Cunningham. He works in the junkyard. He kills people with a car. And it's like, okay, well, I can watch Christine anytime. Why? That doesn't make this a good idea. Another unoriginal idea that wasn't fleshed out. They're just like taking things from John Carpenter movies and injecting it into the Halloween franchise. And it's just like, for... For what reason? Like it's cool, yeah. If if you want, if you want to add some, like you know, the reason another reason why this kid is an outcast, do that. But and that that was like I, I guess that was like a subtle nod to Christine, which is fine. But like it's just it was just weird. It did like nothing worked with that dynamic. Yeah, it was just strange because you would think after everything that he's been through the mother would be a little bit more supportive and like loving, not in the way that she was going for the incestual way. Um, It would be a little bit more, you know, nurturing. Yeah, you're right. Um, But Hey, I hope you find love. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. Thanks dad. (laughs) So boy, here comes one of my not, favorite scenes um cory wakes up at the babysitting house and you hear like this little knocking on the wall and you're like what the fuck is that and laurie like a cool kid in the back of class is just (laughs) tapping her chair and she's like you know there's two kinds of evil and at this point i was like my god if i gotta hear laurie strode wax poetic on evil for another minute, I'm going to fucking lose it. No disrespect to Jamie Lee Curtis, but I am so over it. If it's not coming from Dr. Loomis, it loses all its merit. It just sounds repetitive. Evil this, evil that. And also no uh, even mention of Dr. Loomis. That's Like true. at all. And if this not is a, a continuation from like, you know, 78 up until 2018, you think like that stuff would, would stick with her. Like, they were like, you know, not partners in crime, but they, they, they spoke yeah. and like he knew, she knew, um, you know, she got all the information from Dr. Loomis about like what was going on. At the very least, I guess she could have said like, like, hey, do you know who Dr. Samuel Loomis is? He'd be like, no, who's that? She could have been like, well, he said pull out her fucking dictionary <laughs> of all his evil talks, which I miss dearly. Dude, Doc, Dr. Loomis, if it wasn't for Dr. Loomis and the brilliance of Donald Pleasance, like giving it that gravitas and that weight, I don't think, yeah. shit, I don't know. I don't know if Halloween would be the classic it is because he just, he sold it. He I've sold always it. said that Dr. Loomis, in my opinion, is a more important character than Laurie. I mean, he was the nemesis to Michael and yeah, the series is not the same without him. Like, no, he really held trilogy, it I think that this trilogy could have used a Loomis type 
character, somebody to fall back on. So Laurie's not 90% of the time just talking about evil, 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 evil. But it wasn't uh, even about like, they didn't give Laurie Strode anything. Like they didn't really give her a lot of like, a lot of meaty material to like work with, especially in Halloween Kills, especially in Halloween Ends. You know, if it was the final showdown between both of them, there was no, it should have been about, the central focus should have been about Laurie and Michael on how to end it. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it was the fact that she just moved on and just forgot about it and said goodbye to her boogeyman or whatever that hacky line was. That's, that's another word. I just wish they would stop using boogeyman boogeyman god it was cool in the first one overused in all these movies it loses its its meaning after a while all right so like towards the end of the episode we'll kind of talk about our uh what ifs and you know what they could have done different but we still got a good chunk of movie to power through so this is in my opinion, this is worse than Busta Rhymes punking out Michael Myers and making him walk <laughs> away. This is the lowest point in the franchise. Corey's stealing Michael's mask. He's like, you're just an old man with a mask. And hit them fucking roughhousing in the sewer. Like they're 11 <laughs> years old watching WWF. Like, what the fuck and is Michael this? Myers just takes it. He just lets it happen after he got his yeah. ass handed to him with a, with a cast iron skillet in Halloween Kills. <laughs> and he gets up and murders and everyone. By, and by the way, he is killed now. Isn't that what gives him his fucking, his no, energy? Corey and is his protege. He needs him to live. So what? It just doesn't make any fucking it's Daniel's sense. Daniel's son and, and they Mr. Got, Miyagi. And then they have the nerve to make Michael do the sit-up again, as if, like, oh, well, now he's mad. And also, like, did no, that, scene look, that scene looks CGI'd to me. Weirdly, like, he got up, and it looked fake. And I know, like, it's just easy to fucking get up like that, but, like, it just looked computerized. I don't know why. I'd have to watch it again, but, yeah, it was, like, Good very just, au- just awkward. Like, it, dude, it's gonna be a long time before I rewatch this. <laughs> Um, so there's more fighting between Allison and Laurie. And so like now Allison blames Laurie for everything that's happened. Also does not make sense. Even though she understood Uh, everything in Halloween kills, like she saw it for the first time, like firsthand. This guy killed your mom. Not Laurie's fault at all. Laurie was trying to protect everyone the entire time. And yet this dumb bitch fucking forgets. Everything that happened in the last movie. So you don't want to try to get Andy Matichak no. on the podcast. Is that what you're saying? I guess, I guess it's not her fault because it's the <laughs> writing, obviously. But like, I don't know. The way she delivers yeah. the lines, she's just not selling it. She's not selling it for me. Yeah. Well, we're at the junkyard now. And I guess there, there's some decent kills here. You can say that about it. I thought the blowtorch to the face was pretty brutal. Would have been rad if you could see it. Yeah, they should have hung on that scene a little bit longer. You saw it for like a split second. Yeah. Um, and 
apparently rated R doesn't mean shit, and they want to do this art house thing of being in the background. Like, no, it's a slasher movie. Show show the kills. Let's see it. Yeah, Corey gives that one girl the the big boot to the head. <laughs> oh my God, King! His her head is smashed in. <laughs> But I mean, for what this scene is, it is um, it's basically like an action sequence. It's shot. Yeah, I, li- I like, I like how it played out. I thought yeah. again, the lady, the chick hanging on the fence, definitely could have got away if she didn't hang there and be like, no, yeah. and just fucking got pummeled. <laughs> so Corey goes home and kills his mom. He's on a, a killing rampage now. And he goes to the radio station, kills the DJ. And Diana Prince. What's that? Diana Prince from uh, Last Drive-In. She was the the girl. Oh, really? Yeah. Never seen With the that. scissors. Wait, what? Never no. saw what? Wait, you took the Last Drive-In? It's Joe Bob Briggs' like show. Where they like play movies oh, okay. and like talk about them and have interviews. Yeah, I know the last <laughs> drive-in, but I might lose my horror podcasting license here. I've never really watched Joe Bob. I remember him oh, on TNT. You gotta, you, gotta watch, you gotta watch him. It's great. So I hear. So sorry, sorry everybody, <laughs> forgive my sins. We all have the things that we've just missed. You but know? Di- Diana Prince is like his co-host. I got you. She was the okay, she was well, the she also she was a porn star back in the day. Um, which I know. Um, but yeah, she was the blonde one cutting the Halloween decorations with the scissors. I got you. All right. Well, she gets killed and so does the radio DJ. And I guess this is a, this is a fun kill. Smashes his head into the desk and good prosthetic work right here. I will say that, 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 uh, you know, his fucking tongue, his mouth just being completely shredded did look really cool. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about all three of these movies, but Christopher Nelson and his crew like crushed like all the the makeup. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with the, the makeup movies. department here. There's that's not yeah. the issue. Also, again, they made it goofy. His tongue was spinning around the record, like it's not menacing yeah, enough. Like it, it just gets goofy. Yeah, I. I thought that was at least a little creative. Uh, I don't know. It is what it is. So it's time for Lori's suicide scene. It's very dramatic shit, Doug. Let's go. So, uh, yeah, she says that she's going to kill herself. Calls 911. But Corey is sneaking upstairs. And she's like, you really thought I'd kill myself? motherfucker <laughs> and then shoots him twice so did did Lori know that Corey was in the house uh, and she like set and she like set a trap like i'm gonna pretend to call 911 i was a little confused there it seemed like she knew after that conversation that they had in the house that he was gonna like you know if if he's anything like michael he's gonna come after her so yeah. yeah, it seemed like a little bit of diver- like a diversion, and he's like an amateur serial killer. So obviously, he's gonna believe anything that you know. If he hears a gunshot, he's gonna think it's her, or whatever. 
uh, not too bright. Um, it's kind of stupid, but yeah, I, I would say it was like a diversionary tactic. Why did she fire off two rounds into the wall when she was like walking downstairs? Uh, I think it was to show Corey that she's not going to harm him and she wants to help him. Like she, she's seen the face of evil and she wants to try to prevent it from happening. So she shot the fucking, she emptied the chamber to show like, hey, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm going to help you. That's how I, that's how oh, I well, I, oh, okay. What, Maybe. what were you thinking? Uh, I mean, she, he he did get shot in the chest twice. I don't know. I thought he was making she was making it seem like some sort of maybe like a self defense motive type. I don't fucking know. But this is even more baffling here. So Allison comes home. Well, first Corey he gives his little speech and he's like, you know, if I can't have her, Shit. He stabs himself in. The- Stabs himself in the neck, which doesn't really work like that. Like, oh, if I can't have Allison, nobody will. But she can still go bang other people. Yeah, now. you're dead, bro. He cut himself in the you're neck. He, his ideology kind of flailed a little bit there. His plan did not work out. Uh, he could have had her. He well, himself. at this point, he's not dead. I forgot that Michael breaks his neck. Also came together on the on the bike again. Oh yeah. Also was <laughs> remember there was that one scene where Corey and uh, Corey goes to meet Allison and Jamie Lee Curtis is at the house and Michael is behind the tree and he sees Lori and yeah. just goes back to the cave. Yeah, he doesn't do right. a damn thing. That's fucking weird. That is odd. And then I, I guess remembers uh, who she is. At the end of the movie, he's like, oh, shit, I got to fight her now. So <laughs> Allison comes home, Head right? So Allison, co- Yeah, so she gets home. She sees Corey in the jumpsuit, knife in hand. Obviously, Corey tried to kill Lori, right? But Allison's like, what did you do? Didn't question the mask on the floor. Didn't question why Corey had the jumpsuit on. Nothing. Just completely blames Lori for for after all the shit that they've been through together, she just leaves her in the dust. Yeah. And it's odd when she leaves and she gets the call like there's been a suicide attempt at your house. I guess that signaled her like, oh, she's going to kill herself. And yeah. that's why she came back and then snapped Michael's arm like a fucking like a like a like a like a snow pea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of karate kid nods not... in this movie. <laughs> the so, ultimate warrior. So Michael sneaks into the house, grabs his mask, and uh, it's time for the final showdown. Doug, this is what we've all been told. This was the promotion of the movie, the final showdown to the epic uh, UFC sixty five. Laurie Strode versus Michael Myers, welterweight championship on the line. And cue Harry and Marb from Home Alone (laughs) slipping on marbles and (laughs) getting smashed with paint cans. Yeah, that that was the Halloween Kills was the was the antithesis. That that was the lead up. So I mean, we got a we got a fight scene here. It's a hell in a cell. By God, they're gonna (laughs) stop the damn stop the damn match, Lori. You're stabbing his hands too much. 
So Laurie stabs his hand on the the fucking island in the kitchen, stabs his other hand to it, drops the refrigerator on his leg. And yeah, then then Laurie comes in. Let's not forget the fact that I meant uh, Michael and Laurie are both dusty ass old people. And they're exchanging blows like they're Mike Tyson in the eighties. It's totally it's totally yeah. fine. They're healthy now all of a sudden. Lori doesn't get knocked unconscious. Michael is cool after he took a swift pushing, I would even say beating from Corey. They're all health is restored. They're all back. It's just nothing makes sense in this movie. Yeah, you are right. Well, she stabs him in the chest with a knife and uh Michael's got a little bit of fight left in him. He grabs her by the throat. And I was just like, oh, please kill her. Please. But then uh, Allison comes in and breaks his arm. Backwards. Straight up just snaps she's it. Like, she's like, I'm not going to let this happen to you, Grandma. <laughs> hey, uh, it was like a, like, like a Jack's action figure back in the day. Just snapped off the fucking shoulder. And then Laurie shit talks Michael. You know, she's like... You know, I used to think you were the boogeyman. Now you're you're just an old man who's about to take his last breath. And she cuts his throat. And then she cuts his wrist. And that's what kills Michael. And that makes it very uneventful. You're just a man. Alright, I yeah. get that. That you have to rationalize yourself as like a victim. You know, like you're just a person. But like, he's not though. He's this anomaly. Yeah. We've clearly seen that in the previous two films. He is very much not just a man. Uh, supernatural, if you would say. So at the last minute, oh, he's just an old man. And slitting his wrist is going to kill him. Okay. Wish we would have thought of that earlier. Then we wouldn't have two movies. And then yeah. Allison said, he's not, he's not dead enough. Back up my Ford Focus to the porch, Grandma. We're gonna... <laughs> the, the whole town Bro. needs to see that the infection is dead. Really? You, you think that's a good idea? To parade Michael around on top of your fucking Ford Fiesta? God. I mean, this is just so cringe. Not to mention the logistics of rounding up the entire town. And they're just... Following along like a fucking Christmas parade. We're heading to the junkyard. And it's just very anticlimactic. Then they crowd surf Michael like he's a fucking beach ball at a concert. <laughs> no one was scared. Like, no one was scared to touch him that he was going to come back to life. Totally unsafe call by every official there. The FBI was there. The cops were there. That would have not that by the way. Happened. Most of this town, I'm guessing they don't really know what Michael looks like. So now they're going to take the word of this this villain, this woman they all hate, Laurie Strode. And they're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I believe you that this is Michael Myers and not just some imposter. Well, that's that because of the herd mentality of the last movie. Someone said, that's Michael Myers. And everyone went, yeah, you know what? That is Michael Myers. And then they killed the fucking innocent old man that looked like Danny DeVito. So this town is easily convinced. Yeah. So at least that checks well, they, out. Well, they, 
they crowd surf him over to the fucking Michael meat Myers grinder. went to go see from autumn to ashes, and he's ready to die. He's ready to die. <laughs> wow, I haven't heard that band name in a while. <laughs> yeah, they're a dope band. <laughs> um, so she throws Michael in the grinder, and this is. I was just waiting for him to pop up one last time and drag her in there with him. I would have been like, okay, well, that was cool. They're both fucking dead. But no. That would have been interesting. Michael Michael gets uh, turned into hamburger meat, and we get a, a voiceover from Lori. She, she was like, you know, you were... Oh, Allison says, you were right about Corey. And she goes... He was consumed by uh, evil. Yeah. Evil doesn't die. It it just changes. But it shape. didn't change shape because they're because he's dead. Yeah. He's dead. It doesn't change shape because it did and then you killed it. So it does die. And now Will and now Will Patton comes back and she's like, hey, what about those cherry blossoms? And Q, don't fear the Reaper, because, hey, remember this from Halloween? All is forgiven. And then the mask, she has has the mask lying on the table. That's right, yeah. And that's uh, that's the movie. Yeah. Uh, Again, could have done without it. I like the direction that they could have went in. I would have thought it would be interesting to see a new Michael in a new trilogy or something like that uh that would have been cool since we kind of saw like the you know could have had like an organic backstory to it and now you know that make humanizes him a little bit but then now he's just you know he's consumed he's infected he's evil but they completely stepped on their own fucking toes yeah what about if Okay, say after Lori and Allison get home from their Christmas parade, what if they came came home, went inside the house, Corey's body's missing. Q Halloween, Q Halloween theme. Corey's out there somewhere, but now he's he's supernatural because he couldn't fully become Michael until Michael truly died. Oh my god. Maybe you should have been in the I'm writers saying room. It, I'm not saying, well, I wouldn't have Corey Cunningham in this fucking movie to start with, but... Would you compare this or at to least Season have of the a, Witch? No, and I'm tired of hearing about Halloween 3 when people are talking about this movie. That was a standalone movie, no connection to the first two. Mm-hmm. Totally different story. It's a unique little movie. It's got a cult following. Good for Halloween yeah. 3. It has nothing to Here's do with Here's why movie. Season of the Witch got it right. And why it's like a cult classic. And so many people love it. It didn't rely on Michael Myers. And it didn't fall back on it. They said, we're going to make this movie in the Halloween universe. It's not going to have Michael Myers. And it's going to be a good movie. There's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a mystery. It's going to have a good story. It's going to have great prosthetics. But all in all, and it, it felt the essence of that movie felt like a Halloween movie. The atmosphere, it felt like it was in the same universe. It felt like it was in Halloween. It just didn't have Michael Myers. But at the end, they weren't like, oh, oh, they didn't get nervous and throw Michael Myers in like they did with Halloween Ends. 
They said, no, this is separate. Yeah. This is in the same universe, but it's a, it's a different story. Yeah, if they wanted to go with this Corey Cunningham becoming Michael Myers story, they should have went all in with it. Maybe have Michael get officially killed at the very beginning of the movie. And like, sorry, audience, no Michael Myers, but you've got this new guy. I mean, you could take that idea and do something good with it, but this ain't it, Chief. No. This is just <laughs> this is just bad, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. And I and I want and after I came out of the theater from Halloween ends, I I didn't know what to think. I needed a lot of time to process it, and I usually don't take that long to process a movie. But it took me a while because I was like you know, like I said in the beginning to you, there's something there. There's something here that could have been good. It's just not this movie. Yeah. And and I don't I don't want. Listen, I. Thankfully, we got spoiled in 2022 with, with Nope, and X and Pearl, and Barbarian, and Terrifier 2, with all of these great original horror movies i don't want to see another reboot anymore i don't want to see another franchise reboot i i don't know if i'm just a snob or stubborn i've had it i like my originals i I, it's it's been done jordan peele did a masterful take on an alien movie different than any other alien movie that i think i've seen um you know, a new iconic female character in Pearl with Mia Goth. And uh, what other movie did I mention? Barbarian. That was just like a, I thought that movie was a great twisty mind fuck. I'm curious to know what these people who have original ideas do rather than David Gordon Green ripping apart The Exorcist or another fucking franchise. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch uh to see what happens yeah I'm, but i'm just mad about it. <laughs> but just speaking on this movie look i am a diehard halloween fan i love this is Michael your Myers. shit this is your real house yes so i'm stoked for that we got well i was stoked that anytime there's a new halloween movie and i really wanted this to be good but like, what is so fucking bad about, like, just making a movie with Michael Myers doing his, you know, stalking and creeping around bushes and in backyards? Like, that's where, in my opinion, Michael is the scariest because he's just lurking mm-hmm. around in your fucking backyard. You know, they could have really... Like, this was their chance to really nail it. That, that's the essence. And you nailed the essence of Michael Myers. That no matter what, no matter what scene that we're watching in all the Michael, all the Halloween movies, you believe he's there when he's not. Yeah. And everyone's on their toes and everyone's on edge and he's a threat. These movies were not that. And, I, and I've seen some people defend this by saying well michael was in halloween ends for over 10 minutes and in the original he was only in it for like nine irrelevant. minutes so so suck irrelevant. on that he was it's more like, of a presence no. in the first one exactly 
All you needed was a split second of Michael standing across from the school looking at Laurie. That's all you need. You know he's there, now he's not. Where is he? We don't know. We're on edge. This is called suspense, David Gordon Green. This is called atmosphere. (laughs) But there was none of that here. The only thing we got in Halloween was him hanging out in a fucking sewer and this weak-ass showdown. I mean, it was a There was no menace. There was no mystery to this Michael, to this version of Michael. There was no, there was nothing scary at all about this movie. There was a, a single moment of true tension throughout this entire thing. No, and the thing that Halloween 1978 does masterfully, and which is why it's considered not even one of the... I honestly believe that a lot of people think that this is one of the... If you had to pick like a hundred great, the best movies of all time, a hundred of them, Halloween 1978 is in there. Because John Carpenter captured that like slow dread in this movie. And he lets the camera linger. And he lets you like be in the movie. And it feels like you're there. And David Gordon Green and a lot of these new horror movies, they just don't do that. There's a lot of quick cuts, a lot of quick action. When like all you had to do to create suspense, at least to some degree, is to just, and Jordan Peele does this great too. Just let the camera be. Let let yeah. like use silence. And a lot of even in shows like The Walking Dead, and in this movie, it's like you don't need to talk over like like know when to use music. Like music is a big thing in my eyes. Mm-hmm. It's creepier when people are just having a normal conversation and there's just like the room tone there. And it's just like a natural, it just feels more natural that way. You don't yeah. need to talk and over fucking mus- sad pianos all the time. Yeah. You're a musician, Doug. You know the importance of, uh, it's not always about the notes you play. It's about the notes you don't play. It's about creating space right. in between right. those notes. You don't, like, you don't want to listen to a song that's just constant fucking sound. Less is on. more. And it took me a while as a musician exactly. to even know that. But you can't fill up the space with everything all the time. And silence, hey, AMC got it right. Silence is golden. Even I, I use this as an example in um, for <clears throat> Us, the intro of Us, uh, where Jordan Peele, he's showing us the, all the... This is uh, your, your third confession of love for Jordan Dude, Peele, but go on. Every, every, he's, he's a brilliant man. <laughs> I mean, he's giving us original stuff, but he, he gets it. When, he, when the camera just sure. slowly zooms out on those like rabbits in the cages and he's filming the – it's just – you feel it. You're like, this is really creepy and he's pulling out of that shot and then he's closing uh, – like zooming in on the, on the bunnies eating whatever and then there's still that slow zoom out. You're like, I, I'm there. I, like you, you get the tone right away. You get the – you get it. He gets it. Yeah, it doesn't have to be constant action, and God, Halloween Kills really lost the plot on that. I mean, that was like, there was more going on in that movie than Fast and the Furious. Halloween 2, Redux. I mean, it's yeah. just a whole lot, a whole lot of stuff. Like, And a lot of these, like, I know um, there was that movie, I don't think you saw it. I definitely didn't see it. I don't even want to. Uh, that movie, The Invitation? Uh... I don't know. I don't exactly. think I saw that. Uh, it came out like two months ago or three months ago yeah. or something. 
Um, but it just straight up looked like an action movie. And it was like, and they, yeah. first of all, they ruined it in the trailer, uh, what the whole twist was, which is stupid. Um, but I just, and it's, and it's fine. There are a lot of act, you know, action in horror movies, but like ground it in a horror. If you're going to make a horror movie, I think there's some yeah. rules that you need to follow when you're making a horror movie. Yeah, you tell him, Randy. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let me ask you this, Doug. Okay, let's take Corey Cunningham out of this movie. He could have been like a, a side character, like Allison's new boyfriend, but let's say they didn't go this route. Whether you liked it or not, let's just play devil's advocate. No Corey Cunningham. It's all about Michael, Laurie, Haddonfield. What would you have liked to have seen? Um, it's a good question. I actually would have liked, you know, and it all depends on the writing here. I did like where they were going with like, you know, you have kind of this new guy, this new personification of evil, like taking the helm and like going to carry on the torch. I don't know what I've, or it, it could either be that the whole movie of that. And that would have been like a whole swerve. So you're kind of wondering like what happened to. Michael Myers the whole entire time. You're like, where, huh, where is he? And that kind of like, you know, yeah. you have something in the chamber for maybe in the future to bring him back. Who knows? Or just have like a really close contained story of like Lori, like figuring out, like really being paranoid again about like Michael's still out there. Like, where is he? Like, let's find him. Like, let's maybe like a type, maybe like a heist type of movie, like trying to like, find out like where where he is like especially if you're gonna do that time jump i i, I don't know um again I, and i and i give credit and I, hey i give i do give credit for david gordon green and danny mcbride and all those writers for actually writing a movie i can't do that so i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like i could write a better movie i just think me and you and other people have more insight and maybe better ideas potentially you know because from what I've seen yeah. and what other people have seen, a lot of people aren't a fan of this. And there are people that are. But I don't know what I would like to see. Um, Can I give yeah, you yeah. my – what I – okay, this was the movie that I just kept waiting for them to make. Now, a lot of people say, oh, well, this movie was refreshing. Like, what do you – how many times can we see just Michael stalk and kill people? Like, it's the same fucking thing. It's like, yes, but it's been a long time since we got a Halloween movie that was like truly atmospheric and dreadful and things slowly happened. And I was really hoping that they would make this movie like in my ideal world, Laurie and Hawkins are living together and sure, Allison's living with them, too. Maybe Lori has some friends on the block, you know, kind of like in the original Halloween, like a friend that lives across yeah. the street and things slowly start to unravel a little bit. And she's like, well, I'm trying to move on with my life, but this thing's freaking me yeah. out. A lot, a lot of natural maybe, conversations happening, not just like quick snappy dialogue here and there. Yeah. Not pulling your tits out and showing it to grief and whatever the hell that was. And you could have had like a final showdown where maybe like Laurie walks across the street to 
investigate what's going on. Like, hey, my friend's not picking up. Let me walk over there and see what's happening. Much like in the original. And you get a badass chase scene and they come back to Lori's house. And that's where the the showdown takes place. I don't know. I mean, well, anything but this, yeah. man. This was just not a good time for me. Personally, and you're and sorry, you're the one I who said see... go in, go into it with an open mind before we both saw it, and then you ended up despising. <laughs> I don't despise it. I don't hate this movie. It's just frustrating. I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. Extremely disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that might have been but, the last horror movie of uh, 2022 to come out. The last big one, yeah. And this was the 13th Halloween movie, the seventh to feature Laurie Strode. If they ever do another Halloween, I'm so beyond done with the Laurie Strode story. Like it's, it's done. And I'm tempted to say, I never want to see a new Halloween movie again. Just leave it alone. I would agree with you with that because where do you go? Where do you go from here? There's really nowhere to there's really nowhere no other avenue to explore. They've done it a million times. They did it perfectly within the original trilogy. If you're gonna do something, pick apart, you know, Halloween six, Cult of Thorn, do that. Uh, I know you're all about that. Do something with Season of the Witch, do something with the Silver Shamrock Factory, uh do something different. Do something different. Yeah. I agree, Doug. I mean, I don't know. At this point, I'm just, I'm done with this trilogy. I'm burned out from Halloween ends. I lost sleep the night I saw this movie in theaters. Like, I had to literally take like two Tylenol PMs. I was, I was like, I'm exhausted. I should be falling asleep right now. But nope, I was just, I was like, what the fuck? That made no sense. Why the fuck? Ah, it was like yeah, a nightmare. It hurt. It hurt. It, it kind of hurt. It hurt. It knowing that something could be so poor. So I did hear that there was a lot of studio interference on this. I was listening to um, like the first half of new Epic Film Guys podcast with Sean Clark. I haven't finished it yet, but Sean Clark did mention that originally they were supposed to take Michael's body to the crematorium and like burn him there. All right. Instead of like going to the junkyard and it wasn't, and there was no like crowd surfing and Christmas parade leading up to it. So I would be curious to see the original direction that they wanted to take this movie because they did a ton of rewrites. I just don't understand why you hire, why a studio hires directors to do a job and then they completely change their vision. Like, let the director do their job because maybe Gordon Green, maybe David Gordon Green isn't to blame for this. But he did write it and he did direct it. And I would love to hear them speak honestly about it. Like, what happened? Like, I love behind the scenes stuff. I know you like it too. Um, I would love to hear them talk about the the whole experience open and honestly and what their ideas were, what was changed, what they wanted to do, what they couldn't do what their main goal was that they were trying to achieve. Um, and that would add a little bit more insight, you know, and maybe we would get a little bit more perspective on, you know, maybe we would appreciate it more yeah. or just say, all right, fine. It's not your fault. I, 
I did hear an interview with Mr. Green, and they asked him, like, okay, well, you've got four people writing this movie. What's the writing process like? And he said, okay, for example, Corey's at the bottom of the stairs, Laurie's upstairs. We like where we're at at this point. Now let's see what we can come up with. And the each all four of them will write like, okay, well, maybe this happens. Then, then the other person will say, hey, maybe this happens. And he said that they usually end up going with the most, like, kind of the wildest idea, you know, which I'm not a writer, but I don't think that lends itself very well to this kind of movie. Like, oh, nobody would expect that. Let's go with that. Well, there has to be a through line. Yeah. If you pick the wildest right. idea, you could figure out a way or, you know, workshop a way to get there naturally so it makes sense. Not just one out of left field yeah. because it's crazy. And that's where I think this team yeah. fails because, yeah, they're comedy writers. They could do that in a comedy. Yeah, that's that's what improving is. Like, oh, well, hey, I got an even crazier yeah. It just comeback, doesn't work you know? in this movie. I do have to go in a couple minutes, though. It is... Oh, it yeah. Three okay. So, oh <laughs> shit. Yeah, the, we're at like an hour yeah. and 40 minutes. So, I think we've got it all out there. Um All right, we did it, Doug. Halloween. Never want to talk about this movie ever again. I will talk about it in the future, but not for a while. <laughs> yeah, we need we need a breather. We need a mental uh we need to take some mental relaxation uh moments here. Yeah. But if you're still listening, thank you so much. If you could uh, rate and review the show on iTunes, that would be cool. Or if not, just thanks for listening. Follow us on the gram. Spook House Podcast. Follow us. You know what it is. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, what show do you got tonight, Doug? Who's playing? Uh, We have Nurse Blake, who is a TikToker slash comedian. Two sold out shows, so I can't say anything. Huh. All right. She's really uh she's really lighting she's really burning it down as It's as a man. Say. You fucking sexist. Oh, okay. You fucking pig. <laughs> hey, you light the match. I'll burn it down. I'll burn it down. Trash. That's that's our sign off. <laughs> that's our sign off from now on. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening and we will catch you on the next one.